everybody. Welcome again to The Tradescast. It's a podcast dedicated to everything in the world of entertainment for your enjoyment. My name is Jeff Fav. And I'm Tom Moss. And this is The Tradescast for the week of December 31st, 2016. It's the last pod- podcast of 2016, Jeff. How do you feel? I feel great. Um, it's been a know, great year, hasn't it? Actually, in, in some ways, it's the first <laughs> podcast of 2017. How about that? That's exactly I'm, right. Let's, I'm, let's look at it that I'm way. I'm bridging the gap. Um <laughs> Such a weird thing, by the way, when the first is on a, a Sunday. No one knows what to do with themselves. Oh, what's right. Monday? Monday's a holiday. It's very weird. So um, I feel like we're starting the the uh, year off on a, a confused foot, which to me makes a lot of sense because um, you're just generally I mean, confused, 20, Jeff. <laughs> well, 2016, I think, was a confusing year for a lot of people. I yes. feel like I feel like a lot of things got a, a way from us and things started to change in ways and and obviously the election will be the thing that 2016 is going to in 50 years uh 2016 i think will probably be remembered for the election regardless of whether donald trump ends up being considered a positive president or a negative president or a one-year president i don't know um but uh, i feel like that's uh, that will be the story but of course we talk about entertainment and entertainment business so, Tom, I thought we would just each pick uh, for a year-end the stories that we thought were um, maybe the, we think maybe the most either impactful or interesting or unusual, um, and I thought we could take a couple of turns. So, why don't you go first? Tell me the story that you're going to take away from 2016 in terms of entertainment and entertainment business. Uh, well, Jeff, I think it goes without saying that the biggest story of the year is uh, happened here right at the end and is the uh, death of Zsa Zsa Gabor. Uh, I just want to take a <laughs> few minutes to, uh, no, not to, not to make light of anyone's death, but uh, she lived a good long life at 99 years and um, I, I think paved the way for uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of celebrities that are famous for being famous. Um, uh, I would say that one of those, I, I would have said a couple of year, years ago that one of those uh, celebrities that was famous for being famous was Donald Trump. But now I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little more concerned that he might not be uh, famous just for being famous, but might be famous eventually for other things as well. So, Jeff, I think that's, that's obviously, as you said, the big story of the year. But I think there's a lot of things that are, that are, um, that are, uh, are worth thinking about in terms of the election, in terms of Donald Trump that will be um, uh, media stories going forward. And I think one of the, uh, one of the biggest um, of, of those types of stories is what has happened to um, what, what, what some are calling mainstream media, mainstream journalism this year, um, and wrapped up in that too is the rise of, uh, of fake news. I think eventually we'll be able to get this idea of fake news sorted out. But Jeff, I'm not so optimistic about the future of uh, of journalism, uh, I've been thinking that uh, that that journalism and news uh, is really a contract between uh, the producers of the news and the people that consume it, and that contract is based on trust. And unless uh, unless the consumer, unless the readers can trust that the news is accurate, or at least if it's not accurate, that it will be corrected forthwith. Um, then what is journalism? And I think that is something well, that we're going to be grappling with this year. And for, yeah, for, for I mean, as a, as a journalism teacher, uh, it often concerns me. I think it's important, as important as ever, to be a journalism teacher right now. 
Um, I know that Donald Trump and a lot of people who support Donald Trump and then some people who don't look at some, quote, mainstream media and think, oh, who to trust? But the truth is, um, if you go to a major uh, publication or even your your town publication, for the most part, you're getting trained journalists who are trying to give you a, a legitimate story where they're trying to tell you the different viewpoints and they're trying to be um, without bias. Um, and it's important that we have those publications, whether they're online or in print, there so you can trust them. Are they going to make mistakes? Yes. Are they going to have some biases? Yes. But for the most part, that's not what they're shooting for. And it, I think it's important to remember that while it seems crazy with all the fake news stories and all the public, all the publications online or print or TV that have serious bias, that there are still lots out there that don't, that aren't trying to do this. But I think the takeaway from Trump is, uh, in terms of this kind of thing, is how well he played or used mainstream media. Because they all kept saying, well, why? They kind of, as they were doing it, it's like when you're making a mistake, you know, Tom, you're like, why am I doing this thing? Why am I doing this thing? Why am I eating this other piece of pie? Um, <laughs> I, they kept saying to themselves out loud, why do we keep covering his entire um, stupid speech from start to finish? We're only showing two seconds of Hillary Clinton's speech. And why do we keep showing this train wreck? And why do we not say, huh? I checked that. That's not true, that thing he said. Why are we not doing that? And I think it's because they never got hit with something like this before. I mean, someone who's like this, that's usually something you would hear from Kanye West or something where you're like, well, we don't have to take any of this seriously. They just didn't know how to respond. And I think that one of the takeaways, besides the fake news idea, is that they just have to know, they have to learn how to deal with something like this. Well, you're using you're using the term news uh, in a couple different ways uh, as we've been talking. Um, so the local reporting that you talked about that people are trying to get it right, a lot of that is happening in print. Um, what you're talking about in terms of uh, the media continuing to cover speeches, that's happening on the cable news networks uh, and the hand wringing as they're watching <laughs> and as they're they're promoting. And there's there's one way it's clear why they why they do it. I mean, it's no big secret why they do it. It's obvious. Uh, and then the, the third thing is, uh, the fake news, which primarily gets, um, um, uh, in, infiltrates and permeates, uh, social media. And so all of those are what people think of, think they're talking about when they're talking about news, but they're all very different things. Um, and I think until we start to, to, to figure out what is the, 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 the source of, of, of news that we can trust, what, with whom do we have the contract? Um, with uh, with real reporting, um, it's 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 a different world, and, it's, and it, it could be a very scary world. Yeah, and I and I will tap this into your uh, your choice for the biggest news story or entertainment news story, which is um, I've really been touting in the last several months Vice, um, and the reason I've been tap, uh, saying that people ought to pay more attention to Vice, uh, their their nightly news show, their specials. Um, their website, is that what we need to recognize is that if a news source doesn't have to be concerned about the ratings, and that's what you meant by the, the um, you know, MSNBC and Fox and CNN, they're, they're covering these things because of ratings. Vice doesn't seem as concerned or, as con- or concerned at all 
with, uh, is this the most popular thing? And right now, the only other places we see that are probably NPR or, or PBS and, uh, and the BBC, really. Places that they don't have to freak out about, is this the one that's going to get the most clicks or the most views? Is everyone going to tune into this? Therefore, you're getting information that you think, oh, why isn't everyone else covering this? Or why aren't they covering uh, Trump from start to finish? And why are, you know, and and so I'm I'm glad there's a few of these organizations out here. And I'm, I'm hoping that there'll be more in the future. But are people paying attention? I mean, that's what. Uh, what is worrisome is that the, the the folks that are that that are suckered by the the fake news don't care. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to leave it at that sad note. Um, yeah. <laughs> we're just going to have to see if people get more savvy with this, and I don't know the answer. Um, but it's well, definitely and the, 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 the and and to, to to turn it to a, a bit of of hopefulness is it's always been so. I mean, to a degree. I mean, I think the the tools have changed and the immediacy has changed, but it's not as if we've ever had a a, a population that's 100 percent educated um, or 100 percent savvy. Um, but we are in in new territory where the uh, equivalencies seems seem to have changed. So. Um, you know, that's in some ways that the, uh, the elites have to, to, uh, give some power to the populace is, you know, on the surface, maybe not such a bad thing. It's what the populace does with it that could be alarming. So, you know, it's all hands on deck and we've got to make sure that we're doing the right thing. I agree. It's going to be a weird, it's going to be a educational time for everybody. <laughs> including uh, news outlets. So um, my my story that I will mention, or, or a series of stories, and we talk about it almost every Tradescast, you can go back on the archives and listen, is Netflix. Um, they've been banding about a number of $6 billion. $6 billion is what uh, apparently um, Netflix is spending on original programming. That's a crazy number, Tom. Um, and uh, they canceled Marco Polo, which was one of their attempts for worldwide domination, um, which I believe they reportedly spent $180 million on. And uh, uh, they rarely cancel a show. They don't do it very much. Uh, they do it occasionally. But I, I just think that the amount of money that Netflix is spending on original programming is in many ways... Uh, after Trump, the biggest entertainment news story of the year, because they have just basically within two years, really, I mean, they've been at it longer, but in the last two years, they have just set the bar so high that they have pretty much signaled to broadcast TV, to all online people, this is this is the game now. If you would like to compete, if you want everyone else to give you 11 or $12 a month, um then you better show up with stuff like we've got because we're coming really close to, you know, people just need like us and Hulu and we're all done. So um, do, do you think that the amount of money they're spending is just changing the playing field entirely? Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I remember back in the late 90s, Jeff, vaguely because I was very young then. Um <laughs> But remember when when Amazon the advent of Amazon and they were spending ridiculous amounts of money and and losing ridiculous amounts of money, um, but uh, they had a, a vision. Bezos had a vision, and uh, 
and ultimately, I think that the, that the domination of Amazon uh, in the retail sector has been proven to be, uh, you know, a, a, a success. Uh, I think I can say that. I think Netflix is a, is is kind of working on the same model. We don't know. Um, we don't know what their ratings are. We don't really know what their uh, what their profit margin is. Uh, is do we? Do we know what their profit margin? We is? we the latest story, and we talked about it on the Tradescast several months ago, was that uh, they make no profit currently from streaming, and the profit that they make still comes from um, from the, the red, mail. Red envelopes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's fascinating. So you know they aren't they aren't they they're, they're playing a very long game. It's a long game, Tom. <laughs> so, yeah, Jeff, and this was actually going to be one of my uh, one of my big stories. Um, I think I think everyone's talking about how I cut the cable this year, um, and so <laughs> that 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 is uh, n- not to use myself as any sort of evidence of anything, but um, you know, I will speak from my point of view. It was possible for me to see the way forward cutting the cable, and Jeff, it's been six months or so, uh, and I have not been disappointed one bit i i seem to be able to find something decent and, and in most cases excellent to watch um whenever i want to so uh and i'm i'm not a sports fan so there there's there's that i don't have that to contend with and i don't have to see uh anything on hbo uh, right away and i buy game of thrones and i buy a few of the other uh shows that i need um right away uh so anyway that's um that's i think uh yeah i think i think netflix is making it uh super possible uh for people like me uh to cut the cable and i think it's um the unbundling is probably going to be the big story of 2017 i think you're right but and again and this kind of goes back to what i said about vice see right now netflix and uh and and really hbo too um, they don't sit around wringing their hands over ratings. Now, it's not, you know, again, HBO canceled a couple, they, they cancel shows, um, but they're not too freaked out about it. They, they're kind of in the vein of let's make quality shows and we'll keep making enough money from subscribers. And I just love this shift because, I mean, can you imagine, we, we talk about, What's wrong with broadcast TV all the time? And the, and the reason we do is because they're still working on a model that's outdated. But they still have to get it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, and I don't know, maybe that is starting to shift a little bit. Do you see any movement in the networks towards uh, a greater quality uh, product? I, I think that uh, they just they stumble on to shows and that's how it goes. I swear to you. I don't know. Um, I don't know who's running the the insane asylum over at any of these networks, but uh, every time you hear about what's going on at a network, small cable or or um, major network, it usually sounds like a mess. Whenever I hear what's going on at HBO or Stars or something, it sounds like the people love to work there. That's all I can say. I don't I don't know. So, um, well, let's shift to you. Let's shift to you. What's your other big story you want to mention? For this year, let's talk about the NFL. Okay, what happened? What happened with the NFL this year? Uh, ratings have started to drop. People thought it was mostly because of the uh, the primaries and the election. The ratings started to go back up, but they are still down. Not a major amount, but they are still down. And people wonder if it if the NFL finally reached its ceiling. Is it the NFL? Is it sports in general? Um, is is uh, is is interest in football waning? 
Is it where, is it, is it, um, the fact that it's being distributed too broadly? Uh, it, is it that the, <laughs> the major market teams aren't doing well? It's a good, or all it, the above or none of the above. It's a good question. Um, you know, sports we keep talking about is the last bastion of, of, of major networks because, uh, it's live. Um, UFC ratings still doing fine. Um, soccer ratings. I mean, some ratings seem to be going up. And of course, the baseball World Series with the Cubs, um, was as high as it had been in 20 years. Uh, I don't, you can't call a trend a trend. We talk about this. So you at least have two years under your belt, if not three. But I kept thinking that the NFL could not get any bigger, uh, about five years ago. And it got bigger year after year after year. So, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the ratings just upticked again next year, but we may have finally hit that ceiling. We just may have hit it because it's just too much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, the the Rams returned to uh, to L.A. Jeff, what's uh, what's that uh, that hubbub been like? Have you been part of any parades or or no? I celebrations? It's exactly what I said it would be, which was people would be interested in it for about a minute. They did sell out all the tickets, but I think that will be short-lived for a couple of years. Um, there'll still be corporations that buy out all the seats, but if they're terrible for three years, everyone will stop going. So <laughs> I don't think that added to any of the thrill of the the uh, of the NFL. The Rams were never America's team like the Cowboys. The Cowboys are doing really well. Um, and if the Cowboys are in the Super Bowl, if it's the Cowboys and the Patriots, although I won't watch that game, uh, that could be a huge, huge rating game because the Cowboys haven't been in the Super Bowl in a long time. So, but you may be right. That may be one of the major stories is, is the idea of sports, um, just maybe finally peaking or the idea that there's just so, there's just so much choice now that nothing, not even sports can escape. Uh, a lower ceiling. Do you think that's just it now? It's just too many choices. I don't. I. I mean, I guess we we um we we should take care not to make too much out of it. A hell of a lot of people are still very interested in football. Of course, country, yes. So, <laughs> so um, you know, uh, and and you know, I think we've made this mistake. Maybe it's not a mistake or observation, or we maybe people have started ringing the death knells of the box office because of dips in. Um, uh, in, in, uh, in, in movie going. But then, you know, the next week there's a huge blockbuster and we're right back where we started from. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I think, uh, I, I don't think sports will ever go away to be sure. But, um, I think, you know, I think, I think football, um, will certainly not go away, but I think it may go the way of some other sports that have decreased in popularity and, and something else will take its place. Well, that'll be interesting if we look back as 2016 as the, as the absolute ceiling or the end of the, you know, of this spike in uh, football ratings. We'll, we'll only know looking forward. By the way, just because you mentioned the box office, it will end on another high. Um, however, most people, most analysts are saying it's because just of, a, again, a few movies doing so incredibly well. And you can look at it. It's easy to look at last year versus this year. The number of movies that grossed 100 million, way more last year. Uh, 2015 than 2016. I should say that if you're listening in 2017. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but there were in 2016 a few massive, massive hits. Um, Disney had a big year. Uh, so 
it, 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 it's impossible to know. But we, the one thing, the one takeaway I am getting from the box office is that the the reliance on these few hits is just getting bigger and bigger. So uh, fascinating. So Tom, I thought we'd end with my other big story of the uh, year, which is death. Um, people keep talking about 2016 as if it is maybe one of the biggest years in their life for celebrity death. Um, and uh, there are a couple of schools of thought here, and I want to get your idea on it because obviously, <laughs> just by attrition, lots of people die every year, and lots of them are celebrities. Uh, on the one hand, you can argue that when you put the likes of Prince and Bowie and Leonard Cohen and several other people on that list, you're talking about generally generationally changing people. Uh, influencing people for decades to come, people, uh, major, major stars dying inside the same calendar year. The other argument goes like this. We are finally reaching this like massive, massive level of celebrity um, where people who have lived longer, right? Because celebrity, the idea of celebrity is only 100 years old, right? And it started to get really big maybe 50, 40 years ago. And so the idea would be that, no, this is just how it's going to be now. Every year, it's just going to feel like more and more celebrities are dying, but there are just more and more celebrities. Which of those do you think is more accurate? Uh, I think the latter is more accurate, but I'd, I'd even add something more to it. So there is a rise of celebrity culture, but there's also a, a baby boom to consider. So the, 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 the three... Uh, uh, superstars that you just mentioned were all baby boomers, Prince on the younger end of it. Um, but, uh, that's going to compound things too. So, um, you know, there's, there's a, there's just, uh, there's a lot more people and there's a lot more celebrities. Um, and there's going to be a lot more deaths in the next 10 or 15 years of, uh, of people that, um, people my age and your age came of age with. Um, you know, I think there was there was this moment maybe too in the late seventies when the, the that first wave of celebrities um, from uh, late radio, early early movie age uh, began to die. You know, your John Waynes and Cary Grants and Clark Gables and all all uh, Clark Gable died well before that, but you get the idea. Um, and so I think maybe this is uh, just the next wave. I think you might be right, and uh, it could be that. But again, I wouldn't discount the uh, the idea that we definitely had some real uh, major major artists die this year. And even though it'll feel like I think the same number quote number of celebrities will die next year, when you have Prince and Bowie and George Michael and a few other people of such major George Gabor, right? And of course, we got to end where we began. George Gabor, by the way. I'm, I'm not joking. Two days before she died, I kept saying, well, there's another celebrity who's going to make it to 100. Um, and she didn't. Um, <laughs> although we never know with Zsa Zsa um, because of a, a, she may have lied about her age. But um, I will tell you two people who I think are angry. It would be the people who created the uh, people and life um, special issues of people we lost in 2016. Because those puppies came out before George Michael, Carrie Fisher, uh, um, 
uh, Carrie Fisher and uh, Debbie Reynolds died. So they, um, I'm sure they're looking at their issue thinking, oh, man, no one's going to buy this now. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm sorry about that. But um, we're hoping that we're done with celebrity deaths for the year. Um, let's wipe the slate clean. I'm hoping everyone's going to have a new year, Tom. I'm hoping that we will meet on our regular basis as we have been. I've had a great time working with you. Um, it's been really fun. We've been doing this for how long now, Tom? I don't even know. Oh, it's been five, five or six years. Five or now, six years. It? There are loads Maybe of archives. Yeah. Uh, feel free to go back and listen. Uh, we enjoy giving you a little bit of our take on entertainment. Feel free to let us know if there's anything you'd like us to cover. We'll be back in 2017 covering more of the things in the world of entertainment for your enjoyment. So for Tom, I'm Jeff. Have a great year. <laughs>